All right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, guys. Welcome to the Relationship Stuff 101 podcast here on this May 24th, 2020. It's a Sunday. Um, We're here on Memorial Day weekend. And during this podcast, excuse me, I'm your host, Shahir Henderson. You're all welcome to sit, relax, chill, and pay attention to this podcast this evening, this morning, or this afternoon. Today, uh, I went live on all uh, social media um, outlets, and I said that I'm going to bring you guys an episode tonight, this evening, this morning, about child support. Now, child support in the United States dates way back to 1808. You know, uh, American courts in the 19th century addressed the problem of dependency among single mothers and their children by creating a legally enforced child support duty. One reason for the divergent fortunes of men and women at their divorce was that the transformations in the American conception of children from wage earners to dependents who needed consistent nurturing and the trend towards maternal preference and custody decisions combined to require divorced women to bear custody decision, excuse me, to bear the burden of raising children who do not work. The American courts of the 19th century invented a paternal child support obligation in the context of increasing concerns about dependencies upon single mothers. When single motherhood began to emerge in the 19th century America, the the judiciary was the only institution of the American state that can deal with the the dependency among single mothers and their children. The poor laws were being overwhelmed by population growth and the urbanization and private charities and state poor relief agencies had not yet appeared. The first child support Statutes built on this judicial innovation qualified a child support system that relied primarily on payments from absent parents instead of on the public support of their families. Now, when I'm in there reading, and and if you need you guys need to go back and look at that, and you go back go back and check that out, it's basically saying that this. The child support law was created to help single parents who became single due to a divorce after a marriage. That's initially what child support was for. So if you guys are in a marriage and then you say, hey, we no longer want to be married and you get a divorce and there's children involved. The system didn't want to take care of the children. So they put that on that absent parent, the parent who now separates from the house to have to still support this child away from the house. Now, if you guys want to do a little bit more deep digging, because I want to also play this video for you guys. If you want to do a little bit more deep digging into that, this uh, this this came from. um let me give it hold on guys. I want to get this uh website for you guys that this came from. That came from hold on guys, I'm trying to get it here for you guys. That came from ww.childsupportanalyst.co.uk. If you guys want to go check that out and do a little bit more. That's slash information and explanation slash world slash history. 
underscore usa.htm if you guys want to go look a look, look up a little bit more about how the child support law started and it gives you the whole breakdown and the history of child support and what child support was initially for but what we saw child what we've seen or child support take on uh, evolution you know in today's society and years ago is when a lot of men started to date women for whatever reason you know God, you guys got intimate, and the next thing you know, you guys have a baby out of these quick intimate moments, and the guy no longer wants to be around. A lot of times, these guys don't know if they're the father. So you create, you see shows like Jerry Springer in the beginning, really popular shows like Maury Povich that have they have these men go on these shows because these women are requesting child support payments because they're not able to take care of the children, and these a lot of these men end up in prison. Or end up having to pay back payments because they did not initially pay these child support fees that they were supposed to. Now, if we want to, if we want to get a lot more technical, when you're out and you're dating and you're lusting for whoever you're lusting for, you need to practice safely. You know, you need to make sure that you have the proper utensils when you walk into the bedroom so you don't have to do something that you're going to be frustrated about later. A lot of times people get miscomplacent and they get really irresponsible and they make these moves. And the next thing you know, bam, there's a kid and nobody nobody wants to claim the kid. And nobody knows what to do now. And this kid has to grow up in a nourished environment so the the government does not want to take care of the kid so the government says you have you guys have to figure this out we're going to take about 10 percent 15 percent however amount of percentage from this parent who's absent we're going to get that from them and have this parent pay pay for you like they're supposed to and support this child like they're supposed to now when a mother goes on welfare in a lot of states they have the mother report whether or not she's still seeing the dad or not. She has to report that. If she's still friends with the guy, they want his information so that they can have him help her pay for the kids so they don't have to dish out so much money for welfare. If I'm wrong about that, somebody please correct me uh, in the comment section because I'm going to put the link out to this podcast. And if I'm wrong, somebody please find a way to you know, correct me. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm pretty accurate on that because this was a situation that I had to go through when I first came down here, came down south. And, you know, me and my wife wasn't married yet. And when she wanted to collect government assistance, they wanted my information. And it was trying to put me on child support, even though I was living in the house. So she had to explain that, yes, I am living here. We do plan on getting married. He is doing what he has to do to take care of his daughter. And that kept me off of child support. But in a lot of cases, like I said, a lot of guys are irresponsible and they meet these women and they end up having children with these women. And then they don't, they're not thinking that, Hey, you're going to have to pay child support for this kid. And if you go run out or you duck out and then 10 years later, the, the, the lady finds you and then come, you know, comes to a courthouse and say, Hey, I got his information. It's been 10 years. He didn't take care of his son. You got to pay all this back payment back now. And if you don't, you go to jail. You got to think about this. You're going to jail for not paying money for a kid you should have been responsible enough to take care of all over one night of pleasure. We have to be more responsible and 
what we do and, and what we go out there and we try to get ourselves into because if you're not ready to be in a relationship, you should not be out there irresponsibly uh, having these intimate moments with these women. A lot of these women do want men, they do want husbands and they do want people to be there for their children. And a lot of guys are not building themselves up to be those men. They just building themselves up to collect numbers and to go back to their boys and say, Hey, I got another one. You know, and then when you got another one, yeah, you got another one. Here's another kid you got to pay for until the 18. Now you frustrated having these uh, black uh, blasphemous conversations and talking disrespectfully about your the mother of your kids, talking disrespectfully, disrespectful about the kid itself, which is innocent in the matter. And you just looking, you should be looking crazy to these people, but everybody egging you on saying that, you know, you don't have to pay this. There's a lot of social um, misconceptions about uh, child support. There's a lot of social windows that people use that when it comes to child support. There's a lot of conversations that people have that they really don't understand about child support and what child support is for. And they don't understand how they got themselves in these situations. What I want to do, I want to play a video for you guys. This video is two lawyers speaking about, you know, the laws and speaking about what child support is and how, you know, understanding child support is better for people to not go ahead and make the mistakes that they usually, that you know, that people make when having to go on to child support. Now, hold on, guys, let me pause this for you guys. Hold on. Hopefully you guys can hear it. I'm going to unpause it turn it up i want you guys to hear this so it's about a, it's a good six minute video i want you guys to pay attention to this just just check it out for me real quick guys okay. i went to law school so i wouldn't have to do math and now i find i'm doing quite a bit of math in theory the child support standards act is supposed to make child support simple but in practice, it's a lot more complicated than that. Which is why this podcast is just going to be an overview, and we're going to do a subsequent podcast going into a little more detail. So now we're just going to talk about what child support is, how we calculate it. We're just going to scratch the surface on this one. Okay, folks? Right. So, start out simple. What is child support? Child support is the money that the non-custodial parent pays to the custodial parent for the purposes of support, the support and the well-being of the child. Basically, the necessities, rent, food, utilities, clothing, the necessities. It's not child care. Child care is something different. That's the custodial parent needs to work or go to school, so they need daycare for the child. That's a separate amount of money. So you pay child support, calculate as we're going to tell you, and then you get daycare, which is totally different. Yes, you can end up paying both and paying a heck of a lot of money. We're not talking daycare in this podcast. We're just going to concentrate right now on child support. And now, when we talk about child support, it's about numbers, it's about calculation, and it's about income. Right. So, child support is based on the parent's total combined income after deductions. Well, what deductions? There's FICA, Medicare, and if you live in New York City or Yonkers, there are those uh, tax deductions as well. And there's one more. If you have a prior child support order for a different child, that can often, that is taken into consideration and is deducted as well. 
Now, one of the questions we get is, well, gee, if I'm going to have to pay child support and those are my only deductions, well, what about my rent? What about my car note? What about my credit card? What about my food bills? What about my utility bills? And unfortunately, while the judge can, as a matter of discretion, take that into account, in theory, it's not so much. No, not so much. All right, so let's talk about the percentages that we've been sort of talking around at this point. Right. All right, so total combined income. Say, for example, dad custodial parent makes $40,000. Mom non-custodial parent makes $50,000. And this is after deductions. Their total combined income for purposes of child support is $90,000. Now, say... They have one child. That would be 17% of their total combined income. Say they have two. That's going to be 25%. So they have three, 29%. And if you have four, it's going to be 31%. And a whole lot more money. For purposes of simplicity and ease, we're going to say that they have one child. 17%. Right. So 17% of $90,000 is $300. That is the total child support obligation. That doesn't mean that non-custodial parent is going to be paying that entire amount. What's going to happen is there's going to be a percentage between the two numbers. We take a percentage between custodial and non-custodial. Again, we edited it up. We got 90 for this example. Right. Non-custodial is making 50000 So 50 divided by 90 gives you 55%. So non-custodial parent is responsible for 55% of that child support number. Of the 15300 which ends up being 8415 annually. These payments are usually made, you know, could be weekly, could be bi-weekly, could be monthly. Now, let's get a little more complicated. I'm going to pick some different numbers now. Let's assume non-custodial parent is making $200,000 a year. Custodial parent is making $100,000. That gives us a combined income of $300,000. The statute says that we combine the incomes up to $136,000 or a number that's going to be updated periodically by the Department of Social Services. Right now, as we're doing this podcast, the cap number is one thirty-six. So if you take $136,000 by 17%, you're going to get $23,123. That's the combined child support number. Then you take a proportion between mom and dad's income, in this case, um, the non-custodial parent earns two-thirds more, so we take two-thirds of that 23000 and the non-custodial parent's obligation is 15423 Okay? Seems simple. Combine the income, cap it at uh, 136000 take a proportion of both incomes total, and we've got that number. Okay. But it's not quite so simple. <laughs> no. Um, there's a case, case out there that you probably heard about or you'll see on the internet. It's called the Cassano decision. In that decision, the New York Court of Appeals turned around and said, well, the cap means that there's either a cap that the court's going to impose. Or there's not. And it's up to the court to decide whether to do it or not. So if the court decides to impose the cap, well, non-custodial is paying $15,400 a year. But if the court says, I'm not going to oppose the cap, then the court's going to pick a number between 136 and 
the non-custodial income as high as 200000 in this example. And for 200000 the child support is $34,000. 15000 with the cap, 34000 without the cap. When and why does the court choose this? It's on a case-by-case basis. There's discretion involved. And we're going to talk about that one in a, in a future podcast. But what it comes down to right now is, yes, there is a cap, 136. But it's not always imposed. And sometimes that's where the fight's going to be with people who make a combined income above 136. Can we use the cap? And if we're not, how far above the cap is the court going? And we're going to address those issues and more in our next podcast. All right, guys. The uh, video is there. Um, shout out to these two individuals. I have their the link to their uh their YouTube page as well. Um, hold on, guys. The link to that YouTube page is uh https uh slash slash utu dot be slash dot n a s x k r g u XTA. I'm going to go ahead and hit that link. That brings me to their page. The name of the page is called Gary Port. Gary Port is the name of the page. Uh, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to Gary Port's YouTube page and check out uh, his other video on child support and many other videos that he has posted here about custody battles and different things of that nature so you guys can get a better understanding of the video. And then if you need to play that back, what I just uh, played for you, go ahead and make sure you play that back to understand what has to be paid and how your income can be affected in, in the child in the child support suit and in the custody battle. Um, but guys, the main thing here, the main thing here, guys, we have to understand you meet the person of your life, y'all get married, things don't work out. The children are with whatever parent feels, you know, as though they're comfortable enough to have the parent, or you guys agree to co parenting and child support's paid this way. Great. But if you're out there, like I said, you're lusting and you're just looking for people to just have fun with and play around with and be, you know, socially irresponsible and you're not ready to pay child support and you're not ready to go through the courts and you're not ready to have uh, somebody have a hold of your um, your money for the, for 18 years to where your checks can be garnished, play responsibly. Play responsibly. You hear it all the time. The Surgeon General put that you can die from cigarette, you can die from uh, cigarette smoke and cancer on a pack of cigarettes, and people still smoke cigarettes. People know that you can get HIV and AIDS from not wearing condoms, and people still wear them just to have that that fifteen minutes or two minutes of pleasure or whatever. People still do it. People still be irresponsible. And you cannot get HIV, but you can impregnate the female and she can have a kid. Now, you're not thinking about having a kid. You're just trying to have some fun. But your fun leads to a child being on this planet that you don't want to take care of now. And you're mad and frustrated because you don't want to take care of a child that you sat there and you pleased yourself to bring a kid into this world that you don't want to take care of in the first place. And but I'm not here to really beat up on people, but we need to understand that a lot of things that we do, we have to pay for and, in, in, you know, in due time. 
So if you don't want to have to pay for these actions in due time, so so to the point where you have to do jail time, jail time because you're not paying for child support because you're so frustrated and you're so mad. When you first met this beautiful person, whoever he or she is, you never thought that you had to have so much control or they'll have so much control over your life for 18 years straight. Then you don't even have a relationship with the kid. You and the kid don't even have a relationship. Now the kid, there's, you know, somebody's suffering double time now. The kid is suffering and the mother is suffering. And you think you're not suffering if you got away with it. Maybe you are deadbeat. Maybe you did get away. You know, maybe you do feel good about yourself and you never have to see this kid or never have to see this woman again. But just make sure somewhere you break the social cycle. Somewhere somebody starts to talk to their sons, starts to talk to their daughters, starts to talk to their grandkids about being responsible, telling your daughters, carry your protection, telling your sons, make sure you always got protection. Don't never say to nobody, no, it's all right that I don't got, I don't have a condom. No, it's all right. Can I use a condom? No, use a condom, use protection, be protected, be safe. You understand what I'm saying? There's so many things going on. There's so many deaths that's occurring. You know, R.I.P. to um, Jerry Sloan from the Utah Jazz. R.I.P. to Kobe. R.I.P. Goodness gracious. R.I.P. to so many different people we've lost, you know, this year. It's like somebody's dying every two weeks. You know, R.I.P. to my cousin, Rajon. Like, Jesus Christ. It's just it's just really crazy, guys. This coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, excuse me. It's got everything in a cyclone and in a whirlwind. We're all quarantined. This is, We never had to do this before. I'm doing this podcast right now with a face mask on. We're not used to this, guys. This is not something we're used to, but it's something we have to get used to. It's the new way of life. So make sure you guys are practicing six feet distancing. Make sure you guys are playing safe. Make sure you guys are doing things that you have to do. Excuse me, guys. Yeah. I had to take a phone call, so I'm going to go ahead and close this episode out, and hopefully you guys have a great rest of your Sunday, and a great rest of your Memorial Day weekend, so with our understanding, combined with your understanding, we can create a great, uh, great understanding, this has been Relationship Stuff 101's podcast here on this Sunday, May 24th, 2020, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.